at Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Choose 18 months, no payments and no interest, or $300 off each window, $700 off a Pella entry system, and $1,000 off a patio door. Get details at PellaWI.com. Restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. I found the silver lining in the Major League Baseball lockout. I know it did irreparable damage to the relationship between the sport and its loyal, loyal fan base. And there are people, I'm sure there are people, even though this season has only stalled for about a week's time or so, I'm sure there are people that are swearing off baseball ever again. Oh, I'm never going to go to a baseball game again. I will never watch that sport again. Rob Manfred is a horrible commissioner. He doesn't even like the sport of baseball. Those greedy players, man money, hungry, so-and-sos. They're just playing a game. I found the silver lining, though. I found the silver lining in the fact that there was the work stoppage and the season was delayed. Do you know what the silver lining is? Does anybody know? what? What is the, maybe the only redeeming factor That came from the Major League Baseball work stoppage, the lockout that was. I know it's over. Spring training is happening, and the season will start next week for the Brewers and for everybody. But if you are looking back, recognize the significance of this day, right? Today was the original opening day, and the Brewers were going to be playing at home. It was this day, this sleet, snowy, rainy Soggy, altogether craptacular day. What, what, what's the temperature? 34 degrees right now here in, in uh, Radio City. This was the day that was meant for opening day. And we're not there. And you know what? I don't know if there are too many people here in this city that are complaining about it. Are there? Are there any any people that are going, you know what, doggone it, I was ready to be out there today. I was ready to be tailgating, shoveling my parking spot, shoveling out a little bit of a patch for my grill, and today was the day where I was, I was ready to be grilling. No, my guess is, my guess is, people are um, sitting back going, yeah, you know what, <laughs> that's okay. It's all right. If I ha- really had to choose, if I had to have it, I don't know that I would want to be out there at AmFam Field in the in the parking lots. You get into the stadium, it's a different story, the roof, all that good stuff. But sitting in the parking lot today, mm, not so much. So just consider that, Brewers fans specifically, and baseball fans in general, that this day, this nasty weather day, was originally opening day, and Thereby, I think I have found the silver lining. Any other silver linings in in, uh, the baseball work stoppage? Mm, Maybe not, but for for us here. And other cities as well. I don't know if Minnesota, were they supposed to be opening at Target Field? Detroit, um, Chicago? I don't know, were the Cubs or the Sox supposed to be opening up today in their ballparks? At any rate, 
There's nobody out there going, man, today was the day. Today was the day. Speaking of sports, in a roundabout way, the Eric Church story, everybody knows who Eric Church is. Do I have to set this up at all? He's a country music superstar. Admittedly, I'm not a big music guy. I'm specifically not at all a country music person. Eric Church, Rachel, you're a big music and country music person. Okay, if I say anything wrong, just correct me. Okay, got it. Eric Church could walk past the studio window right now. I have no idea who it is. You could tell me it's um, somebody in management, a new vice president of something. I mean, oh, okay. Well, I better sit up straight then. I have no idea who Eric Church is. I've heard the name. He's a he's a hit. Is there anybody bigger right now in country music than Eric Church? Oh, I mean, I would argue yes. But to your point, okay. he's a he's a big right. name. He's a All big right. name. He is a name. He's a big name, and he has decided to cancel his concert this weekend so that he can go and watch his uh, North Carolina Tar Heels college basketball play in the Final Four. He released a statement uh, via Ticketmaster, this was yesterday, letting fans know he was supposed to perform in San Antonio on Saturday and said, sorry, I'm paraphrasing here, sorry, I want to go to a game instead. Yeah, I'm going to go watch my North Carolina Tar Heels play Duke in the Final Four in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's prioritizing a game and being a fan at a game to a sold-out concert. I don't know, maybe 17, 18, 19,000, however many people fit in that uh, uh, arena in San Antonio. Sorry, you're hosed. You can't go on Saturday. You can get a refund and all that stuff. It's not like they're keeping your money and things like that. And there are sections of the public that are absolutely outraged. How could Eric Church do this? How in the world? Could a superstar who is at the peak of his game, entertainment singing game, how could he do this to his fans? What is wrong with him? What is wrong with society? What is wrong with him? But here's the thing. I have identified, I do think Eric Church made a mistake. Like, I do think he made a mistake. He did. He did err. Do you know what that error is? Do you know what that mistake is? Hmm? There is a mistake that Eric Church made. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. He did make a mistake. He did. He made a mistake that a lot of performers have not made in the past. He made a mistake that a lot of performers that have also canceled their concerts and their shows, he made a mistake that a lot of them did not make. They had a decision, and they chose one path instead of the other. What is the mistake? Is this, is this a too deep to start the show with this? Maybe we have to wade into the waters a little deep end. What is the mistake that Eric Church made in canceling this show in San Antonio that other performers usually don't make. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. See if anybody can pick up what I'm laying down when we come back. A lot of people are ripping country music superstar Eric Church today for making what people say was a horrible mistake. Career mistake. 
Is this going to derail his career? No, it's not. But I, I do agree. He did make a mistake. What was the mistake that Eric Church made? 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What was the mistake uh, he made here? Uh, Mike is calling from Illinois. Hello, Mike. Good afternoon. Hey, Scott. How are you? What was the mistake that Church made? Well, I'm, as I saw, told your screener, I'm not really sure where you're going. I feel he made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, as com- compared to other performers, um, I mean, what I, the mistake I think he made was putting himself above his fans and not realizing, you know, he's biting the hand that feeds him, but more importantly, you know, alienating his fans who think he's great. Um, I just don't think you do that, mm. especially at the last minute. Mm. So you, you're saying the mistake, the big mistake that Church made was putting himself above the fans, and maybe, I mean, we'll see, I doubt it, but maybe alienating some of his loyal fans moving forward. There might be people who will never come into a concert again because they were supposed to go in San Antonio, and he he he, he canceled on them. I want to know stars they won't go ever again, but he's, this is going to take a while before some mm. people, you know, forgive him, quote-unquote. Um, but, yeah, okay. I think it's a huge mistake. I just don't think the performer should do that. Hmm. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. That actually is not the mistake that he made. I don't have a problem with that particular angle, actually. 855-616-1620, AccuNet Mortgage, talk and text line. Uh, Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, what's the mistake he made? Hi, Scott. I think the mistake he made is that he overlooked the investments a lot of his fans probably made in the concert that didn't involve ticket prices, such as did they take off work? Did they make arrangements to stay at a hotel? Uh, you know, things like that. Um, how did he convenience them besides the ticket prices? Mm. It definitely is an inconvenience. Let's say you live outside San Antonio. I mean, Texas is a big state. I don't know where what his other stops were on the – maybe he was going to hit other cities in Texas. But it, it's, will, it's well within reason, Jeff, to think that – There were people making a day of it, a weekend of it, a track maybe coming in from out of state, whatever it might be, and, you know, putting them out in that respect, even if they're getting their money back, could be a mistake, could hurt the image. Jeff, that is not the mistake, however, I think he made. Mm -mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What was the mistake that he made here? Come on, come on, come on. Barbara in McGuanago. Barbara, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Hey, Barbara, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Okay, what was the mistake that Eric Church made in all this that I have heard nobody else say? He told the truth. Yes, that's right. He told the truth. He, Good job, Barbara. You got a star, gold star today for Barbara. He told the truth. Come on, let's not be naive. How many performers, singers, dancers, groups, entertainers, everybody has canceled a show from time to time? Do you honestly think that every time, I don't know, Barbara Streisand canceled a show or uh, Eminem cancels a show, or I'm looking for any any number of uh, the the continuum of performers for a sore throat. 
do you really think they have a sore throat every time? Do you really think that 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 performers are under the weather every single time they cancel a show? The mistake Eric Church made was telling everybody, I'm canceling the show and I want to go to a game to watch my beloved North Carolina Tar Heels play in the Final Four in New Orleans. If he would have, think about this, if Eric Church would have canceled the concert in San Antonio because of um, feeling a little under the weather, what if he would have lied? What if he would have just flat out lied, like it is my belief many performers and entertainers have lied to us over the years whenever a concert, not all the time, but let's be honest, it has to have, have, have happened over the years as to why they've canceled the show. If he would have said, I'm sick, I don't feel well, a little under the weather. How about this? Here's something even more uh, vague. I've got fatigue. I'm just kind of worn down right now. This is a long tour. I don't know if it is or not, but it, it's a long tour. And um, I'm just, I, I don't feel like I can perform up to the level that my fans expect me to perform. And uh, I'm going to cancel because of that. If he would have done that, and then maybe he goes to the game and he wears a ball cap, and I don't. And he sits in a suite. I don't know that anybody would have called him out for it. And if there, if 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 they did, it would not be on par with the criticism that he is getting right Ooh. now. See, that's my argument. You're going to a high profile game. Someone's going to see okay. you. The fact after having to say, "Oh yeah, like I was under the weather," but then I decided to go to the game. I think that's worse. Okay, but here's the thing. I don't think that. Um, I don't believe that if he was spotted at the game, and he probably would be, I don't believe, I don't believe that it would have been as damaging as this. And that's why telling the truth was the mistake. Joan in New Berlin. Am I right? Are you with me on this one, Joan? Yes, I am. Okay. Tell me why. Come on, Joan. You're on the radio. Woo. No, I was I was saying the same thing. He told the truth, and that he's he's right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he, listen to this. Um, the six oh eight. Eric Church is fine in my book. In fact, I appreciate him telling the truth. You don't get that these days. If they lied, they would have shown him on TMZ being at the game. And even if they did. I'm telling you, it would not have been as big a deal as it would have been now. It would not have been as big. Maybe a local story in San Antonio, even if TMZ puts them up, it's not as big and bad, air quotes, a story if he goes, lies about being sick, goes to the game, and then is spotted at the game. I don't think it's as big a story as it is now. And that is why. And that is why his biggest mistake was telling the truth. He should have played the fatigue card. He should have said, I have a scratchy throat. Out of an abundance of caution, out of an abundance of caution, I'm not going to perform. I don't want to get my um, my band sick, my colleagues, whatever. He could have, could have played it any number of ways. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> honesty is not always the best policy. What? That's how you started the show? This week's sponsor for Wagner's Home Improvement Showcase, presented by Great Midwest Bank, is Pablocki Paving Corporation. Wisconsin's only 100% employee-owned paving contractor. Call them today at 
or visit poblockypaving.com. Scott Warrison for Jeff Wagner. I got you till 3 o'clock here today. Uh, Jeff will be back on Monday, incidentally. And uh, yeah, I just, um, you know, Texter says a man has the cojones to tell the truth and he gets ripped for it. Nice world in which we live. That was the mistake he made. Should have just played it off. I got a little tickle in my throat. Wear a ball clap, a, a, a ball cap to the game. Yeah, maybe you get noticed, and TMZ has you for a couple hours. But other than that, psh, that's what entertainers have been doing for years. Like I said, you really think you really think they always have a an illness? No, they just don't want to perform that night. Call me a skeptic. You wouldn't be the first. If I can just ask you real quickly, Jane, as somebody who worked in, in the music format of radio for many years and dealt with a lot of singers and entertainers and things like that, yeah. am, I, am, I, am I way off in thinking that when there have been canceled concerts, I'm putting those in air quotes in the past, that the excuse given is always legit? They had to have just been... I would. You know. well, I don't sir, feel like playing. Ah, I got a sore throat. I mean, I think for some entertainers, yeah. yeah. Um, I've always thought that it was a, the height of rudeness for like entertainers to show up an hour and a half late for their own concert it's like mm. what you had other plans um <laughs> but for eric church i don't know i kind of give him a lot of credit for being honest about it i do yeah. we just don't see very much of that anymore people actually stepping forward and saying yep i did it yep, i'm out it was me yep i'm not coming and here's why and i'm sorry i hope you all get over it and here's your money and here's your it's not money. like, hey, sorry, you snooze, right. you lose. And, 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 that and, 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 and been I'm a keeping different... your dough. Right. Well, yes, that would have been a whole different level. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of give him credit for being straightforward for once. It is rare. I suppose it is very rare in this day and age. Is this Eric Church? Okay. Curious. I hear any country music. Hmm? Oh, no, there's the Eagles. I even I know that. Just heard the first couple of notes. <laughs> hmm. Am I way off base to, hang on, don't answer that question yet. Am I way off base to be of the belief that the repayment of loans, student loans in particular, is of great benefit to one's existence, is a great benefit to one's maturity, is a great, I think, is a great way to show yourself, let alone others around you, that you are indeed making it. One of the, if not the, overriding problem that I have had from day one, you go back to the campaign trail when the Democrats were running, all, all 57 of them back in the day, to run against Trump was the forgiveness of student loan debt. I have... I have had a problem with that from the minute the idea was introduced. And I realized that uh, Joe Biden used that as one of the tent poles to the campaign and, I don't know, maybe even got some votes because of his pledge to forgive to some degree, not entirety, some some wanted all of it uh, uh, forgiven. But what $10,000 was kind of like the number that, that he latched on to in terms of what he would look to forgive. That has clearly not happened yet. There are people going, um, 
Mr. President, uh, I voted for you because you said you promised in your campaign that you were going to forgive $10,000 of my student loan debt. And and, and his fellow Democrats are also saying, uh, Mr. President, are you going to get back on that uh, train again here soon? Are we going to be moving along? Because, you know, we have a midterm election to win. And this will be, I think, yet another Well, another topic, another issue that is going to bubble up to the top because it can get votes, because it's something that Democrats can use and will use to garner votes, the issue of student loan debt. And maybe it's because I took on student loan debt and maybe you took on student loan debt as well and you were able to pay it back and you no longer have that debt anymore. Maybe you are close to paying it off. It has rubbed me the wrong way from the minute this idea was proposed, from the minute that even this this idea was suggested that it is going to be wiped out or to some degree wiped out. I think for me it would be a non-starter. No. Why? Because I paid my way. I paid my way. And I took out loans and I paid back loans and think about the the, the millions of Americans who in their co- collegiate or or higher education life took out loans took out loans to get through school paid it back. I detest this idea from the get-go because of the message it sends. There is something that I believe to be gained by having the ability to pay back those loans. And I am not ignorant to the fact that some of you out there and and, and Americans in general are in a horrible spot with the loans that you've taken out and the loans you're trying to pay back. However, however, I am also of the mindset that it is in large part eyes wide open that when you pursued the degree, when you pursued your end goal at higher education, you did it with the knowledge of, okay, this is how much it's going to cost. And it, it may go up, but every year, every semester you enrolled, it wasn't as if they gave you the, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe things have changed since I graduated. They didn't give you the bill after the semester or after the school year and you went, whoa, I had no idea it was going to cost this much. It's, it's well, in some ways, it's a buyer beware type situation. I cannot get my arms around loan forgiveness, student loan forgiveness. I can't. And whether it's the ridiculous idea to wipe it out altogether, or whether it is an incremental forgiveness, the $10,000 is, is again the number that, that Biden has used, and others have, you know, um, Elizabeth Warren has, has uttered a larger amounts. Hate it. Hate it. And yes, I know it's coming from somebody who went to college, who took out loans, who paid back loans, but that's the vantage point from which I come on this one. 855-616-1620 on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I am sympathetic to those of you who have the debt. However, I think from a financial perspective on the whole and from an intrinsic value perspective, to have that debt just wiped off is a disservice to you. Mm -hmm. And it's a disservice to those of us who paid it back, who paid it back. 
And every time this topic is broached, every time this issue is raised, every time this is mentioned on the stump, hate it. Hate it. Don't you? 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll continue. good point that has been raised by a number of you on the text line and that is and I knew people who did this um, take out your student loan for non-education related uh, causes and reasons car, apartment, I don't know, but there are other reasons uh, under which uh, a a student loan was um, taken out so, I mean (laughs) that too all right, uh, running tight on time here. Corey and Franklin. Hello, Corey. Hello. Go ahead, my friend. Okay, so I have two, uh, well, actually three kids that were in college, but I'll tell you my daughter first because she's oldest. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to college and came out of college <clears throat> and had a debt loan of $85,000. dollars mm. She didn't like having the debt. It was kind of around this time where Joe Biden was talking about, you know, if he was elected, he would take care of some of the debt. Mm -hmm. And she didn't like having that debt, though, sitting in her back pocket. So when she got out of college, she took on two jobs. She worked all the time, came home, slept, went back to work. She paid that debt off in a year and a half. And now she can tell people, if I can do it, anybody Mm -hmm. can do it. She didn't need help from anybody. She paid off those loans. Then she bought a car. She paid cash for it. And then I have my son, who's a senior in college right now. Mm -hmm. And he um, worked part-time jobs during the summer, had $8,000. And he was in on that GameStop investment. He um, rode that wave, because that's what he's going into, his financials. And he ended up making $149,000 on that ride. So when he made that money, instead of, you know, going out and getting a a fancy apartment or the Tesla car that he loves, he marched himself down to his college and he paid off his debt knowing, and this, this was just right after that GameStop last year, knowing, yeah, knowing that he was probably going to get a cut, you know, on that debt. But he said, no, I, I, mm. I'm going to pay this off. I want to start with a clean slate. Yeah. So now, not only do I get great bragging rights about both of my kids, but they're they're proud of themselves, too. That's right. And you get to brag about them on the radio. Thanks for the call, Corey. We could do this probably for the whole show. Examples of people who have have worked, have found ways to pay it off. If you want to tackle something, if you want to tackle, tackle an angle to this, freeze the interest rates. Because again, I'm 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 not so naive in this light. I'm not so naive as to think that those interest rates are what compound year after year, decade after decade, and you feel like you're 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 climbing uphill, but you're just grabbing you know little pieces of dirt along the way and you're backsliding as as you try to climb that hill, as you try to climb that mountain. That might be something. I don't know. All I know is that with uh, the midterms here approaching, 
Heading into the 2024 presidential election, this will once again bubble up as it does from time to time, and we will be faced with having to weigh in on one way or another. And this topic, maybe as as few others do right now, every time I hear it, every time I hear it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. Well, it's that time of the year again. It is that time of the year again, friends. For the annual... What about the domes story? I've lived here my whole life. I've been here at Radio City for the better part of almost 14 years. And at least once a year, what about the domes? It's a local story. Uh, Jane had it right there because um, our friends at the Milwaukee Business Journal, naming rights, food trucks among county supervisors' suggestions for preserving the domes. Now, again, this is a story that pops up at least once a year. So it's time to talk the domes again. And how many years, year after year, what's the viability? Should it be saved? Should we bulldoze the domes and build something else? Is it about building up around the domes? Is it about renovating them? What can be done about the domes? The Milwaukee Preservation Alliance, in its March update, they have a Save Our Domes campaign. They surveyed all the county supervisor candidates recently, focusing on topics related to historic preservation, like the Mitchell Park Domes. The current supervisors and eligible candidates expressed both concerns and solutions moving forward for the longevity of the domes. They'll have a report out. It'll be at the end of the month. We'll talk about it again, maybe, et cetera, et cetera. Based on the most recent project reports, the restoration of the domes would cost about $20 million. Surveyed supervisors expressed concerns over the funding needed in order to repair the domes and the long-term sustainability of the attraction, as well as offered suggestions or new revenue streams to facilitate this. There are three-point plans. A third pro- a food truck park. All kinds of things. It's time to bulldoze them. Look, they are nice. They were nice. Would it hurt some people to have those things gone? Maybe. Probably. There simply is just not enough public interest when it comes to the domes. There is not there isn't. The reality is sometimes in society, sometimes as your city, as your community grows and expands, there are times where you look at something and go, man, those are nice. Those were nice, but it's over now. And I think here today, Rachel, Thursday, March 31st, 2022 at 111 Central Time, I publicly declare it's time to take the domes out of their misery. It's time. Take them out back. 
put them down. I've lived here my whole life. I don't remember the last time I was at the domes. Do you remember the last time you were at the domes? No, you're shaking your head. You don't. You know why? Because most people in Milwaukee County could not tell you the last time that they were at the domes. And I'll add this caveat, school field trips don't count. I go, I think I've only been to the domes for the farmer's market. I go like maybe once every two years I do the okay. farmer's market there. That's it. And is the farmer's market in a, in one of the domes or is it like out, outside the it's domes? It's in one of the domes. It yep. is in one. Yep. So, okay. All right. There you go. The farmer's market. And you can find farmer's markets all over the place. Are you with me on this one? Let's have the annual domes conversation right now. There will be new ideas. I thought we had... Every year we have the proposals. Every year we have the ideas. Here's the bottom line. You're never going to get enough... You're never going to get public funding for this thing. You're never going to get enough uh, support from lawmakers. You know why? Because the public doesn't care about the domes anymore. Let me rephrase that. The majority of the public doesn't care. There's a little fraction. I know you go and you see the flowers blossom and bloom and it's night in the Christmas time. You get the, the, the Christmas dome and the train is driving around. It really is a beautiful thing. But I'm just saying it's time. It's time to take them out back and put them out of their misery. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620. To the phones. David in Mequon. David, this is a somber day for Milwaukee County, but I have officially declared it's time to pull the plug on the domes. What say you? Uh, I agree with your sentiment. I mean, we have been... You know, talking about this issue now for years, and, you know, there was a proposal, and actually it was one of the people that spoke out against keeping the domes a few years ago, um, because people forget that these domes are actually replacing for the previous structure that was prior to this. And what happens is, like anything else, if you don't keep it up, the maintenance and everything else, it's beyond decrepit. You're just better off starting on a clean slate Make a beautiful park. It's, you can still keep it as a park if you want to. Um, and you put a smaller uh, new structure there uh, to kind of, you know, talk about the different plants and things that, you know, that, uh, you know, so the people have, if they want to get some more uh, learning experience, they can certainly do that. But it's, it's time. really at this point. It's, it's time. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a drag on the county and the expenses. Right. I'm telling you, it's, at, it's, at, it's at the a, numbers that they're quoting, at the yeah, tens of millions of dollars pit. to renovate, to to refurbish, whatever. And again, gosh, I feel like I've either heard as a producer or as a host, I've spoken this topic. It's like once a year or so. David, thanks for the call. Um, maybe we have to have a ceremony. What's the opposite of a ribbon cutting ceremony? You uh, the the wrecking ball. We've had a lot of nice things in this county, in this city, that are no longer standing. I mean, Milwaukee County Stadium was a grand, a grand exhibit of uh, engineering marvels back in the day. Guess what? Milwaukee County Stadium is gone. In its day, it was great. 
Bradley Center was great. We've had theaters come and go. I mean, hotel. I mean, I'm just saying it's time, folks. It's time. It's time. I feel like Joe Biden. Folks, 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 it's time. <laughs> Mary in Greenfield. Mary, it's time. It's time, Mary. It's time. <laughs> Hello, Scott. And it certainly may be time. The finances may say that there is no alternative, that that it's not possible to save the domes. And if it's a financial matter, well, I certainly understand that. I would not say, however, it's because of lack of interest. Um, two years ago, I would have agreed with that completely. Um, but with COVID and then post, you know, as things have settled down a bit, um, I've been going regularly, taking grandchildren and friends. Okay. And I am finding that there are quite a few people there. And now, even though it was with restricted attendance, if you tried um, closer to the weekend to get in, all the availability was gone. So my comment would just be, yes, I understand that financially we can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. dollars are dollars, and, mm-hmm. and they have to be they have to be taken into account. But I guess I do think, from my own experience when I go, there are a lot more people going to the domes than I ever thought there were. Okay, how, okay hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, Mary, 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 hold on. How many, like, give me a number from when you were there the number of people you saw either in line or signed up or or in the actual dome, like just give me a number. What qualifies as many people or more people than you anticipated? What are we talking? I'd say about 75, 80. Every time? Or just on these select days? Um, I would say I don't go on the weekends. So I can't okay. speak to weekend attendance, hmm. but I would say that. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I, I think seventy-five people. I, I, that's thanks for the call, Mary. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll, I'll, you can come to the wrecking ball ceremony. You'll shed a little tear. It'll be okay. We'll find something else to do together on the weekends to learn about cactus. No, I'm. I don't mean to be. I don't be so mean. Um, I mean, the, the text line. People are going. I don't. I've never. I agree with you, Scott. Take the domes out back and put them down. Hmm. I used to go to the concerts in the domes all the time before the pandemic. They have not yet returned. I went to the domes last year, first time in many years. It's nice to go when you are there. Okay, somebody's saying the, the uh, farmer's market isn't even there anymore. They've moved the farmer's market down to Fiserv. There's a comparison being made to the museum. Scott, the dome, domes, is the same story as the museum. The county failed to maintain the property over the years, and now they're beyond repair. Facilities need to be maintained. Maybe you can somehow take some element of the domes, incorporate them into the new museum site. I'm not saying you're tran- you know, I'm not transplanting a dome there, but just some sort of, 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 of the botanical nature of the domes. Can you take that? Maybe you can somehow do something with the botanical gardens, uh, Whitnell Park, maybe, if, if some of the benefit there could be transferred out. The, I, I don't know. It's just, oh, man, it is time.
It is time. Is this who I think it is? Is this Southside James? Yeah, it is, Scott. You're awake. Usually you call me at night. I didn't know you get up this oh, early, yeah. James. Well, I, well I, thought I'd ca- <laughs> I thought I'd catch you during the daytime here. No, uh, if you're going to, how do you say the word, uh, axe the, the dome. Axe the uh, dome, yeah. Might as, well get, might as well get rid of the museum there, too, because I think that how many people, when was the last time you or some of your listeners well, were in the museum? Uh, well, no, hold on a second. Hold on, a second. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The museum, yeah. the museum is moving, though. The museum yeah, has already had the financing uh, approved and the, the, the Milwaukee Public Museum, which is going to have a different name now, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. It will be moving just, well, kind of like across the street-ish from Fiserv Forum. So I think when it moves and gets rebuilt from the ground up, it is going to have a renaissance. And quite frankly, I think the museum, and yes, I realize maybe the, 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 the numbers and I don't even know numbers, so I don't want to assume, but maybe the numbers of, of uh, museum attendees is not what it once was. But there's more value, Can I, I'll say it, there's more value in the public museum than there is in the domes. There's more interest. I think you can, you, you can convince more people to go to the museum because of the variety of exhibits and, and different learning avenues and just cool things there, more so than the domes. So the, the, the museum is going to have a renaissance. Anything else you would want to compare this to, James? Well, how about the trolley for three, uh, 350 or a half a billion dollars that, the, uh, that uh, Kevin Lear Johnson and the rest of these people are going to say put money into that? that that's a darn losing thing. You how many people are you see look, on that thing there, to, even for free? I mean, look, and some of the other projects. No, you, you're right. You're right. You're, look, There's, James. James, I, I thanks for the call, pal. Always good to hear from you. I realize that the trial. Look, the trolley thing. I was against it, but we lost that one. So it's time to move on. You win some, you lose some, and then you move on. Now, I don't know how old the domes are. I apologize. Decades and decades. But however. However long the domes have been standing, if you take that number of years and you expand it out and you want to have that conversation about the trolley and those X number of decades later, if I'm still here, maybe I'll have that conversation. We can take the trolley out back and shoot it as well. So be it. But the time has come, ladies and gentlemen. I have hereby declared Thursday, March 31st, 2022 as the date the domes needed to come down. WTMJ and Jane Matinair are teaming up with the Brewers Community Foundation to collect pet supplies for the Wisconsin Humane Society. Join Jane Wednesday, April 13th, a couple weeks from now, 7 a.m. till 5 p.m. outside Hellfair Field. Won't be snowing. Promise, Jane. Gosh, I hope not. Won't be snowing. Uh, They'll be collecting dog toys, canned and dry food for cats and dogs, cat litter, training leashes, doggy treats, all that good stuff. If you want more info, head to WTMJ.com. WTMJ Cares is sponsored by Gruber Law Offices. Well, how about this? Our guy over at uh, TMJ4, Charles Benson. Sources tell Charles Benson at TMJ4, guess who's meeting with former President Donald Trump today at Mar-a-Lago. Tommy G. Thompson. Oh, baby. It's going to get interesting. Multiple sources tell TMJ4 News that former Governor Tommy Thompson is expected to meet today uh, with former President Trump in Florida, the Mar-a-Lago meeting. 
comes as Thompson is exploring a run for governor and Trump is talking, of course, about the running for president in 2024. Sources stress Thompson has not made a decision to run. So calm down, Clayfish, Nicholson, Ramthan, calm down. Sources stress Thompson has not made a decision to run, but the indication <laughs> Lisa indication is his family is opposed to the idea. Tommy, don't go down there. Just ride, ride out retirement. That guy can't. He can't retire. Uh, he can't allow himself to retire. Thompson, of course, uh, the longest-serving governor we've ever seen, 87 to 2001. A Republican strategist says the meeting is not that unusual, as the former president has been meeting with lots of political people these days, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the strategist describes the Trump-Thompson relationship as good. They like each other. Now, Trump has met already with uh, Clayfish, who is perceived as a GOP frontrunner right now in the primary. Um you might remember uh, Trump's first choice for Republican governor, a candidate for governor, was former Congressman Sean Duffy, who said, mm, I'm good. I'll just collect my TV paycheck and uh, do my thing. How old do you think Tommy Thompson is? Have you seen this article? How old do you think he is? 87. 80. 87. I don't know. See, I would have guessed younger. <laughs> I would have gone, you know, mid, early 70s because he acts. He's so young and. Uh, 87. Wow. I won't tell him you said that. He's 80 years old. Of course, he uh, is now looking to, for something to do after his time as uh, president of the UW system. So, oh, that would get. Oh, we want some political juice. Well, we're going to have political juice anyway. You want to stir it up a little bit? Tommy throws his hat in the ring for governor. Oh, that would make things very, very interesting. Where is he? Like, is he recording that in a tunnel? In the bathroom? Why is it so... They're all so echoey. Ah, Okay. Scott Morrison for Jeff Wagner. Jeff will be back on Monday. I got you till 3. Tracy Johnson is in tomorrow. So that's the way the Wagnerless program plays out the rest of the week. And uh, baseball, next week, baseball... Brewers at Cubs. The season starts. If I, I said it at the top of the show this afternoon. Realize that today, March 31st, was to be opening day at AmFam Field before the lockout that stalled the start of the season. They've had to take those, what, six, six seven games and put them on the back end of the schedule and, and piece it together. Today, we were supposed to be out there. You were going to be out there shoveling the slush and the, the, the ickiness of opening day and trying to keep your coals from not being extinguished from the snowflakes. We, sure, we, we've done it before. It's snow on opening day isn't a new thing. But just for those of you who, who would have been there or will be there on opening day, just go, all right, you know what? Maybe that, maybe that lockout wasn't the worst thing, huh? Maybe. It won't be as bad. Okay, I, I hope. I think. Okay. Now, just hear me out on this one. I'm about to say something related to what happened at the Oscars on Sunday. Don't change the radio. Don't. Just bear with me here. Because I think I have found a very intriguing little side story that may just lead you to, well, dare I say, have a little more interest in the backstory, in what happened behind the scenes at the Academy Awards on Sunday. And in order to properly set the mood, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please join me here for just a couple of moments 
as we climb up for this conspiracy, we climb up onto the grassy knoll. It's the three seconds of tape that only Academy bosses have seen. Crucial, unseen video showing what Jada Pinkett Smith said to Will Smith in the seconds before he charged the stage and slapped Chris Rock. Those three seconds are central to the Academy of Motion Pictures investigation, but has yet to be publicly released according to uh, an online entertainment service known as Radar. Gets better. It's kind of creepy, huh? Yeah, see? According to a well-placed industry source, the Academy is almost certain to have multiple unreleased angles of the slap said to have been heard around the globe. What footage was broadcasted on ABC is what they call the director's live-to-air cut on a short delay of about seven seconds. It showed the main camera locked on Chris Rock in the center stage position and a camera isolated on the Smiths. Will, who won Best Actor, as we know, initially, remember this, initially, found the rock, uh, the rock found Chris Rock's joke to be so funny remember the footage he laughed and even clapped Jada rolled her eyes at the quip that's the video we saw but the main camera remained on Chris Rock for at least 3 seconds before Will Smith storms the stage the insider says, we know there was a camera right in front of Will and Jada. Someone needs to force the hand of the gatekeepers to release the missing video. After the cutaway, that's a shot that cuts away from the main action to a separate or secondary action. An analysis of the video in slow motion shows Will Smith... Not only laughing, but also clapping at the joke. The question is, the video of what happened during the next three seconds afterward needs to be released. It's a multi-camera setup. Here's the thing. Jada did something major in those three seconds that we have not seen that snapped Will Smith out of genuine laughter and into rage. He was never looking at her. In the video we see of Will Smith, he was never looking at her. And as you can see in the video before the director cut back to Rock, he goes up to Chris Rock, he slaps him in the face, and what happens to Chris Rock? It goes back and to the left. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. And ladies and gentlemen, these are three seconds that we need to see. And until those three seconds are released, Conspiracy theories will run amok. And when it comes to conspiracy theories, I won't start them, but I sure as heck will spread them. (laughs) 
Words are important. Words have meaning. Anytime I can find a good story about words, wrong words, misuse of words, annoying words, whatever, I I embrace it. I I enjoy a good conversation about linguistical topics. I have a list here. The 25 most grading examples of business speak. And you know what? The phrase, not just in business, but the phrase in society that I dislike the most, it's not even on here. It, it's not even on here. Number 25, on the radar, uh, on the same page, moving forward, the bottom line, close of play, synergy, phrases more than words though, level the playing field, shift a paradigm, playing hardball, taking a deep dive. Let's drill down. Riding the wave. Eh, Ballpark figure. I used the phrase ballpark figure already on this show when I was talking with uh, one of our callers about loan debt, student loan debt. Bringing to the table. Rachel, what are you bringing to the table today on the show? Moving the goalposts. Here's the top 10. The top 10 most grating, annoying examples of business speak. Number 10, moving the goalposts. Number nine, it's a game changer. Game changer. Number eight, throwing a curveball. Side note, isn't it funny how many of these phrases are, are, have, have uh, sports connotations or, or come from sports? Number seven, there are plenty of ways to skin a rabbit. Skin a rabbit. I've heard cat. Isn't it cat? There are plenty of ways to skin a cat. Although that's... Number six, got to get your ducks in a row. The top five most grating examples of business speak, and I would just say altogether annoying phrases... Number five, stay ahead of the curve. Stay ahead of the curve. Number four, it's touch base. Touch base. It's touch base. It's touch base. Number three, it's low-hanging fruit. That is low-hanging fruit. Number two, Rachel, got to think outside the box. I need you to think outside the box. And the number one most grating, annoying example of business speak, according to this survey, (laughs) I've never said this. I don't know if I've even ever heard this before. Blue sky thinking. I have never heard that before in my life. Um, I used the phrase uh, seashells and balloons. Uh, I don't know if Al McGuire was the one who started that one, but I, I, I use that. That's kind of like, uh, it's all uh, seashells and balloons. It's all, it's all good. It's all rosy. It's all good. Blue sky thinking. You're always an optimist. You always are looking at the silver lining. There's another one that I use a lot. I have a phrase that I I find extremely annoying, and I've thought this for a long time, and I find the phrase to be the most nondescript, uh, unintelligible phrase in the English language. And I felt this way for a very long time, and I'm sorry to see it not on the list. It is what it is. I hate that phrase. (laughs) It, because first of all, it doesn't tell you anything. It is what it is. Oh, that's great. That's profound. Bravo. I mean, well done. Way to add to the conversation. It is what it is. Not only that, it's kind of, it's the, you know what it is? It, it is what it is, is the, is the uh, uh, phraseological equivalent of going, huh, <laughs> like a shoulder shrug. Meh. Can't do much, much about it. It is what it is. Oh, brilliant. Bravo. 
Bravo. Let's do this just here. A, a little silliness for a second. 855. I, you know, I want to differentiate. Don't give me a word. I hate when people say like. Yeah, so do I. But I want a phrase, not a word, a phrase. The phrase that when you hear it, your head wants to explode. Either because it's poorly constructed, maybe for me, it doesn't really tell you anything. Maybe it's the phrase your boss always says or your, your, your spouse says all the time and you're trying to convince them to work it out of their vernacular. The phrase that does not pay. Remember that? Okay, 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. A little wordplay fun here at the end of the 1 o'clock hour. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The phrase that when you hear it, you want to just take a hammer and whack yourself on the head with it or slam your face onto the desk. For me, it gets no worse than, it is what it is. Well, thank you. Thank you, Einstein. Give me something a little more deep. 855-616-1620. Wordplay when we come back. Shared with you a list of the 25 most grating, G-R-A-T-I-N-G, grating, examples of business speak. Blue sky thinking. I've never heard that. I've never used it. I don't know where that comes from. Uh, the, the phrase for me, and I've from the first time I heard it, um, it is what it is. You're not telling me anything. It's like going, meh. Uh-uh. No, come on now. But uh, real quick here, 855-616-1620. The phrase that when you hear it, you want to hit yourself in the head with a hammer. All right, let's go right down the lines here. Uh, Howard is in Mequon. All right, Howard, what is it? Hey, good afternoon. Mine is all piche. <laughs> you, you hear that a lot, do you? I used to, but it just sticks with me, and yeah, that, that, that's one that gets my goat. Okay, all right. I don't know that I've ever heard that one before, but maybe it's it's um, been eradicated over time, in which case Howard should be happy. Uh, Tom and Franklin. All right, Tom, hit me with it. So, you know when there's a task that you're not sure if it's going to be hard or easy? Mm-hmm. you got to describe it as a lift. We're talking about weightlifting, you know? It's not that much of a lift, or it's going to be a heavy lift. <laughs> That's mine. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Kenny and Slinger. Kenny, the phrase that drives you insane. Well, I'll tell you, it's probably because my wife and I are seniors right around 80 years old. And if we would have used this phrase in grade school or high school, the English teacher or teachers in general mm-hmm. would have uh, corrected us and rem- uh, <laughs> reprimanded us. Okay. And we just heard the phrase is, these ones here. <laughs> now, I just, and that's just poor English from our era. Man. And now we were in a shoe store the other day and a young gal helping us when she kind of decided or what we, we explained her what we wanted. Well, she said, these ones here might be, and you might be interested <laughs> in, but we've heard it a number of times. 
lately. These ones here is accepted, evidently, with the younger generation. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's funny how a lot of the, maybe the phrases are not exactly the most grammatically sound. Uh, Sheila, what's yours, Sheila? Um, mine is, well, I had an employee, and every time I either complimented him or gave him a task to tend to, he would turn around and look at me and say, it's all gravy, baby. And Wait. I had a hard time with being number one called baby. <laughs> was this person uh, a, a co-worker of yours, or were you their manager? He was an insubordinate. He was, right. Well, I, I owned a business, and, and he worked for me. One of your employees. You are the owner. You are the manager. Yes. And one of your... Yes underlings would use the phrase when yes. you gave him a, an edict or a, a command or, or asked him to do something, he would tell the boss it's all gravy, baby? Yes. <laughs> Which just goes to say maybe I should have chose a better person for that position. But <laughs> Did he ever use <laughs> that phrase? Yes, here, here's the question. Do you remember, did he use the phrase during the interviewing process? <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Okay. Uh, it would have struck a bell. Yes, right. I would say so. Thank you, Sheila. <laughs> yeah. You got the job. It's great. It's all gravy, baby. Never mind. You don't have the job. David, South Milwaukee, what you got? Yeah, I, I do have to agree with the previous caller about these ones or those ones. Yeah. But uh, I, I've heard that on the Today Show and so forth. But I have one word. Don't worry about it. What don't you like about don't worry about it? My whole life. Oh, you mean in terms of a response like, uh, hey, thanks for taking out yes. the trash. Don't worry about it. And you're, and you're, and you're sitting yeah. there going, yeah, yeah I'm not worry worried about it. it. I'm just thanking you for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's good. That's good. It's funny how we have those, um, I forget the term, but it's like a verbal tick. Somebody says thank you. Um, and we rarely say you're welcome anymore. Just try that. Try that. The next time, I want you to make a conscious effort and a decision here. The next time somebody thanks you, simply say, you're welcome. Not got it. No problem. No problem. No, They knew it wasn't a problem at all. Uh, Ray in Salem. Real quick, Ray, what, what's yours? Anyway, I work a high-pressure job once in a while, get in these hard situations, and we call a supervisor for help, and he goes, just do the best you can. That's always the response. Just do the best you can. That's kind of an insult because, you know, we are doing the best we can. <laughs> As opposed to all those other times when you're just kind of uh, eh, doing it to a certain uh, subpar level. I understand that. Um, one more here. Brian on the east side, you'll get the last one. What's yours, Brian? Mine's offended and appalled. Everybody's offended and appalled these days. It drives me insane for the littlest things as well. And I don't want to take a hammer to my head. I want to take it to their head. Oh, oh, oh Brian. <laughs> wow. Boy, boy, if anybody knows Brian, don't use the phrase offended and appalled or it could get ugly. Okay, thank you. Uh, th- thanks for playing along right there. A couple really good ones on the text line as well. Um, and I appreciate that. It, uh, there's always something. There's always a line. You read between the lines. Yada, yada, yada. You can thank Seinfeld for that. And the list could go on. We could probably come up with a list of 225, let alone the 25 that we had. All right. Two hours down. One to go. I'm not here tomorrow. Tracy will be doing the show tomorrow. That does not mean we cannot do a little homage to April Fool's Day, which again is tomorrow. That's next.
You know that the best apple is Macintosh? I just want to go on record in our last hour here uh, together on this Thursday. The, the best of all the apples is the Macintosh. Don't give me any of that Red Delicious stuff for that uh, Granny Smith. No, no, no. Which makes the... Well, which makes what happened when I, I, I bought four apples... For Macintosh, I reach from the Macintosh uh, bin. They have the dividers, right? And you pick your lane of apple. And I was looking forward to eating it. And I get home, wash the apples. I go for that. I haven't had an apple in a long time. I take that. And I'm looking at them going, this doesn't, something doesn't look right. I take a bite. It's a stupid Red Delicious. Red Delicious, incidentally, if Macintosh is the best of all the apples, the Red Delicious is the worst. It is anything but delicious. It is hard. You cut your gums on a Red Delicious. I'm bleeding. You shouldn't be bleeding when you're eating fruit. That's just my, you know, my, my humble opinion. Anyway, what does it have to do with anything? Nothing. Nothing at all. I'm just saying, the next time you are picking apples from the grocery store, not off the tree, but next time you're buying apples, just make sure, because there can be some cross-contamination with other apples in the appropriate spot. The Red Delicious are horrible. Golden Delicious, my friend. No, sorry, Taylor. Somebody says, I'm on crack. Crack! Because they say Honeycrisp is superior. No. No. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, uh, Text her. Yes, Macintosh. And this has happened to me. I hate it. It makes me mad. I suppose I just have to be better at identifying the apple, but you like to think the apples in the designated bin, in the designated rack, are what they claim to be, are what they say they are. But if you're expecting a Macintosh and you take a bite out of a Red Delicious, that can be a rude awakening. Or maybe, maybe somebody was just playing a trick on us. Which would make sense if it was tomorrow. Tomorrow, of course, is uh, the 1st of April. It is April Fool's Day. I like a good joke. I like a good practical joke. Um, But I'm not a big April Fool's guy. I'm not. I Did you know how it started? There are similar holidays uh, from ancient Rome and Britain. Uh, The eldest... Eldest historical reference to April Fool's Day comes in a Flemish poem from 1561, in which a nobleman sends his servant on fool's errands on April 1st, according to a history of the holiday, etc., etc. Roughly the same era in France, people slow to adopt the change of calendar from the last week of March to January 1st were called April Fools. And were played, it had tricks played upon them, according to uh, various outlets. The Catholic Church also may have had a hand in bringing April Fool's Day to the uh, forefront earlier in history. A carnival-like feast of fools, originally held in medieval France and England on January 1st, was practiced but was banned by the 15th century. Hmm. But the holiday continued for hundreds and hundreds of years after that. At any rate, by the 19th century, April Fool's Day had become a mainstay of American culture. Mark Twain, 
is credited with saying, the 1st of April is the day we remember that we are the other 364 days of the year. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. In advance of tomorrow, and maybe it's for those of you who are planning to scheme something, maybe something grand, maybe something simple, yet diabolical. Maybe you're just looking to poke the bear in your life a little bit. I want to see how big, how bold, how creative can our audience right now of the Wagnerless show be when it comes to top April Fool's jokes, top April Fool's pranks. Okay? I want to engage in a little bit of one-upsmanship here. 855-616-1620. Let me put some ground rules forward. These are jokes. These are uh, tricks, whatever, that you may have played on someone. It could be a prank that was played on you. I need you to have somehow been involved. Don't just call up and give me, I once read that this, that, and the other thing happened out in California. Ho, 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 wow. No, 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 no. This has to be personal to you in some way. Maybe you knew the person. Maybe you were a witness. Maybe you were a diabolical accomplice. Whatever it was, in advance of tomorrow, for those of us, I mean, those people listening right now who may be trying to come up with some good ideas for an April Fool's joke, give me the best one you've ever been a part of in your life, or just the one that really had the best bang for your buck. Here's another phrase. People don't like that phrase. 855-616-1620, AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. For some reason, I still have one particular joke that happened when I was a wee lad that I will describe. It's very basic. But it was really impactful. I mean, it wasn't the be-all, end-all of pranks or of jokes. But it, let's be honest, it packed a bit of a punch. Heck, I remember it decades and decades later. So, how creative, how memorable, right now, for those of you listening to the Wagner List program on this Thursday, the day before April Fool's, let's see how creative we can get with pranks, tricks, whatever, of which you were involved in some way, shape, or form. 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And let me say this. Let me say this. As much as I love the text line, I love the text line. There are times where the call is more valuable. And I think this would be one. I know not everybody can physically make a phone call. But... To hear you tell the story is a lot more impactful than me reading your text, okay? So if you can, this would be one where the calling, the talking would be a little bit more important. 855-616-1620. Get us ready for tomorrow. How creative have you seen your April Fool's jokes? Oh, no, it's not. This is Scott Morris on WTMJ. Jeff will be back Monday. I'm not with you tomorrow. Tracy will be in for uh, Jeff tomorrow. So I thought, well, what the heck? We can't do this on April Fool's, but maybe this will be even more of a service to people if they are trying to think of a joke, of a prank, of a little ha-ha-ha to play on somebody. Get 
we'll make this like a brainstorming session. 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, here we go. Don't let me down. <laughs> we wade carefully into the waters. Julie is in Kenosha. All right, Julie, the best April Fool's prank, trick, joke, whatever that you've ever been a part of. All right. Well, it's a two-part story. Okay, here we go. So the, the, the first part, my brother put peanut butter in my hairbrush. Ugh. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was not. It was not fun because you're late for school. And then you got to wash your hair. It was not good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Question. Follow up. I'm going to ask follow ups here. Did you? You didn't use the brush on your hair without realizing there was peanut butter in there, did you? Oh, I certainly did. Oh no. So oh, you picked up the brush not no realizing. Idea. Oh, that's even worse. That makes it oh, much worse. Oh yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't think to look inside the brush for peanut butter. At least no. I didn't. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, what's the other part? Well, we were kids at the time. Mm-hmm. So then a little bit later, I had gone into his secret drawer in his dresser, mm-hmm. which was off, off limits. Sure. So he, he uh, slapped my hand. We were kids at the time. So then I went into my mother's makeup drawer and painted my hand with blue and purple and yellow makeup, whatever I could find. Okay. And told my parents what he did, and he almost broke my hand, is what I said. <laughs> oh. And oh. Yes. Hmm. Right before he was about to get a big spanking, I started crying and I confessed. Wow. Oh, wow. All right. So you were in the end, in the end, you were a good sister. All right, Julie. There you go. Julie gets us started. The old peanut butter in the hairbrush trick. Larry in New Berlin. All right, Larry. Give me a good April Fool's joke or prank or something like that. And it's about like 18 years ago or so. I decided to uh, propose to my girlfriend on April 1st at like 5.30, 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> she opened up the ring box. It had a April Fool's Day washer on there. It said, fooled you. <laughs> so then she goes to school. Her teacher okay. and a bunch of people knew about it. She comes home irritated at me. But I was able to surprise her again at the end of a scavenger hunt. So... She still said yes, and it's been fooling her ever since. <laughs> Did she ever get you back on a subsequent April Fool's or April 1st? Oh, pretty much every day I get back somehow. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. Boy, that's, that's, whew. you want to propose to somebody on April Fool's? That's, that's that, that one cuts a little deep. I think that one cuts a little deep. 855 855- 616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Hmm. John is in Kenosha. Hello, John. Hello. <laughs> um, about 20 years ago, I was working for a company that did prairie burns, prescribed burns. It got out of control. And accidentally, we burned up our ATV. It actually exploded. Parts oh. flew all over. It was, you could see the gearbox melted off the aluminum motor. So anyways, a landscaping crew that worked in the business next door to this property, 
they came over with a forklift, took it out of theirs so we could save it for insurance purposes. They brought it to their business. At their business, a guy had come to work that day with a brand new ATV that he was showing off to the guys at the landscape business. Mm -hmm. They took his ATV out of there with forklift and put ours in its place. Then went inside and said to him, oh, man, your ATV must got caught in that fire next door. And so he went outside and saw this. And you couldn't tell because, you know, like when it, it was like completely yeah, melted, a charred. skeleton, no plastic, no color. It's, it's just wow. you tell it was an ATV. <laughs> it was a great joke they played on that guy. How long before you clued him in to what had really happened? How long did you let him suffer? I I was actually not on that property, but I talked to one of the guys from the landscaping company later on when we went to retrieve it for insurance purposes, mm, okay. and he told me what they had done to gotcha. that guy. And I wish I wish I could have seen the guy's face, but I thought that was like the ultimate quick pretty thinking. It's pretty good. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. Thank, thanks, John. It, it is pretty good. That is an important element of the April Fool's joke, prank, whatever. And that is, how long do you let the victim suffer? <laughs> how long do you let them be angry, be sad, be, whatever that emotion is? How long before you go, April Fool's, right? Oh. Hmm. Ron in Brookfield. Hello, Ron. Hey, how you doing? What? Okay. Give us a good uh, one. I taught with I taught with two other teachers at the middle school, and we each had twenty five kids. Okay. So April first, I come in kind of early, and I heard that one of my colleagues was sick. Hmm. I said, "Well, that's okay. I, you know, the two of us, two of us that remain, can take the can take her load." Well, then the secretary who was in on this said, oh, I'm sorry, the other one called in sick. I said, okay, it's five minutes till 75 kids come down here. Now what do I do? And I'm panicking. I'm trying to get all this stuff ready. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, the, the, the girl showed up and said, April Fool's. I said, ha, ha, ha. So that day, April 1st, the checks came out in the mailbox at school. So what I went, I went up during my planning time, and usually they come out at noon, but everybody goes up and gets their paycheck. Mm-hmm. Well, I absconded with two, both of their paychecks. Oh. And how long do we wait? Four hours. I waited till 4 o'clock, and then I got back at them. They were ready to leave the building, and everyone's scurrying around, including the secretaries looking for these stolen checks. Yeah. And I said, April Fool's. So I got back at them the same day. <laughs> See, then that, thanks for the call, Ronnie. In that case, it was, a, it was like a revenge April Fool's. There was the initial, and then the, all right, there's still time left in the day. I can still get a little revenge. I'll take a break. One more segment when we come back. Uh, Best April Fool's, just to get kind of the uh, creative juices flowing a little bit for people who are thinking about doing something uh, foolish tomorrow. March 31st, you know what happens tomorrow. We'll see. April Fool's here. Let me uh, squeeze in one more. All right, Rick in Milwaukee. Rick, help us finish on a high note here, buddy. Send us send us okay. out in a blaze of glory. This is re- really classic. Maybe just a little too salty, but not. Well, it was funny. I like and salty. What happened was Salty's we had, good. He, yeah, well, I do too. So we have a guy at work, and uh, he's an at, he takes care of his teeth to the nines. He brushes morning, noon, and night, and he has no problem 
brushing in front of us and during lunchtime and everything else. So what one of their coworker did was they went out and bought the identical toothbrush that he uses, threw it in the toilet, and took a picture of it. And when he was done after lunch brushing his teeth, he showed him the picture of where his supposed toothbrush was. And, of course, it wasn't the toothbrush. But as we watched him turn green, it was just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. You know what I like about that, Rick? It's it's yeah. simple. It's a simple little thing yeah. in that you, you bought a, a, an identical toothbrush and you put it in the toilet and gave him the picture after he brushed his teeth. And it's simple. It's right. a nice little workplace prank, whatever it might be. And yet you talk about maximizing a reaction. Because there are very few things I would think in any of our lives that would have us go into convulsions more than to think I just brushed my teeth with a brush that was in the toilet. So that's a good one. That's something I think people could do. I do, too. I do, too. You know, toothbrushes aren't that expensive. It's worth it. That's right. It's cheap and easy prank. Thanks, Rick. That's a good one to end on. There might be somebody out there listening who goes, you know what, I'm doing that tomorrow. I'm doing that to my uh, my coworker. I'm doing that. Uh, it's a good office prank or, a, 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 you know, a, you and the team out in the loading dock or something like that. And it's good. That's a good one to end on. All right. Well, whatever you do, be smart about it. Be safe. Think if it's legal first before you do it. And if not, we'll be talking about it in the news cycle on Saturday or on Sunday. A lot of accidents this afternoon. Have you noticed? I, I don't know if the roads are still wet or not. It stopped snowing hours and hours and hours ago, but still, there are some issues out there, and uh, we'll keep you updated, as Jane did there, and Debbie will, starting with Wisconsin's Afternoon News. That show, of course, starts at 3 o'clock, which means we are in the home stretch on a Thursday. Scott War is sitting in for Jeff Wagner. Uh, Jeff will be back on Monday afternoon, and as you know, Maybe, maybe not. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard me on the radio. But every chance I get to to do a show, whether it's in for Jeff or in for Steve or in for myself, the the WTMJ Nights program, weeknight 6 to 9 when there isn't a game, please listen. My mom does. That may be it sometimes. Whenever I sit behind this here microphone, I always, contractually obligated, I always make time for this. Great Scott! Hard to believe, actually, I don't know if it's hard to believe, I don't know why I said that, but we have our first Loch Ness Monster sighting of 2022. It came on March 23rd, so I apologize, I'm eight days late on this story. Ian O'Fadigan of Ireland watched the popular live stream, did you know there's a live uh, Loch Ness webcam? I actually found it today. It's just a still shot on the lock. It, and then you people just watch it and wait for something to pop out of the uh, out of the water. But a viewer with a knack for spotting anomalies that could be the site's legendary monster has been credited with ending a months-long drought of reports by yes, recording the official Nessie sighting of 2022. Ian O'Fadigan, as I said, was watching the popular live stream when he quote 
noticed wake-like movements, including two objects moving parallel to each other, approximately 450 feet from shore. In the video, the oddities appear on the water briefly before disappearing, followed by another odd object in the general direction where they were headed. Favorite line is, as with most Nessie sighting videos, the footage is hard to decipher. <laughs> Every time I, I get sucked into like a Loch Ness documentary, and I don't know how these people think that's a monster, but they are. But nonetheless, whatever this vision was, whatever this image was, it was strange enough to be accepted by the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register, which has deemed O'Fadigan's video to be the first report of 2022 to meet its rigorous standards. So if you're looking to pass some time, I would just call up this live footage, call up this live video, you can be anywhere, and watch, and watch, and wait, and maybe you can be the one that chronicles the second sighting of the Loch Ness Monster in 2022. A 21-year-old man from India, according to the India Book of Records, and perhaps soon to be Guinness World Book of Records, has a tongue which measures 10.8 centimeters. Now, I've taken the uh, liberty of converting that to inches for you Americans out there that don't know centimeters. That's 4.25 inches, four and a quarter inches. According to the University of Edinburgh, the average human male tongue is around 3.3 inches, which makes this man's tongue almost a full inch longer and probably the longest in the world. The young robotics student has known that his tongue was longer than usual ever since he started showing friends and family what he could do with it. Excuse me. And by that, we mean touching the tip of his nose and his elbow with it, and almost touching his eyes. Due to a lack of funds, he has not been able to get his tongue officially measured by Guinness Records, but he did get his name in India's own book of records for having the longest tongue in the country. I didn't know it costs money to get your name or get your whatever into the Guinness Book of Records. Um, the, he is now, here. the imagery is great. He is now practicing on touching his eyelids with his tongue. Eyelids with his tongue. A feat that he feels would greatly improve his chances of getting his name in the Guinness Book of Records. Four and a quarter inches long right now may very well be the world's longest tongue. Somebody get that guy a GoFundMe account. We got to get his tongue measured and into the official Guinness Book. And last but not least, have you ever seen the image of these robot dogs? Um... I don't think we have them here in the United States, or they're not used. But in other countries, they're used for security, uh, for public notice. It's very odd. Anyway, they freak me out. And I think, I was talking to Jane, I think the thing about the robot dogs that freak me out is that they don't have heads. They're headless robot dogs. There's kind of a Terminator 
uh, type vibe to it going on, and I think that's at the heart of what freaks me out. But now in China, a robot dog carrying a loudspeaker, it's just like strapped to its back, is being used to broadcast pandemic safety measures in various communities in eastern China. Uh, I was watching the video earlier. It shows the dog with a loudspeaker broadcasting message on messages on how to keep safe. The robot, the robo dog, sorry, robo dog, was uh, heard telling residents, if that's the way you describe it, to wear a mask, wash hands frequently, check your temperature, and more safety instructions. A resident sunbathing nearby said he thought it was a drone, but later realized it was a robot dog instructing me. The video is freaky, the video is scary, and it made me think, maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, Fauci's warnings would have been a little bit stronger, would have been taken more seriously. Those COVID task force briefings would have been a lot more impactful if it was Fauci, Trump, Deborah Burks, and robot dogs. I'm just saying. (laughs) And there it is. A Thursday Wagnerless show edition of Great Scott. Jeff will be back on Monday afternoon. This week's sponsor, though, for Wagner's Home Improvement Showcase, which is very much going strong, even if Jeff is out, is presented by Great Midwest Bank. And it's Pablaki Paving. Pablaki Paving Corporation is this week's uh, sponsor for Wagner's Home Improvement Showcase. They are Wisconsin's only 100% employee-owned paving contractor. You want a phone number? I'll give you a phone number. 414-476-9130. 414-476-9130. Or visit pablakipaving.com. There you go. You know, the uh, effect of today's Great Scott segment, the impact of that segment a few minutes ago is encapsulated in this text message we got during that commercial break from Ron and Waukesha, who says, Scott, thank you. People are now out here trying to touch their nose with their tongue on the freeway, which may explain why we have all these accidents happening. But um, no, those accidents happened long before I did that story. (laughs) Touch your tongue to your elbow. I've never... Kind of trying it here. That's, uh, I thought, I didn't realize that that, is that impossible to do? Kinda. I can get it to within a couple of, I'm doing it right now. We're not video streaming this, are we? You just want to take a picture? Yeah, it's hard to do. I should have looked, how much does it cost? I can look. How much does it cost to get into the book, uh, Guinness Book of World Records? I just figured, you, how much does it cost? I just thought you call them and they come. And that's probably too. Uh, <laughs> that's probably too. Too naive, too simple. Oh, this is a paid service. Eight hundred dollars in the U.S. for applications for existing record titles. In the U.K., about a th- oh, all right. It's a. I didn't know this. So if, 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 I, if I have like some sort of record that I want to break and there is an existing record holder, it's $800 and $1,000 for applications for new record titles. Boy, that's, you know what? 
That's an important thing to remember. What were you shaking your head at? You that's can't... a lot. Yes. I'm shocked. <laughs> I hope, like, do you get something then? Do you get like a trophy that says like oh, I'm a yeah. world record but, holder? Well, you know, you you've seen it. Um, depending on what the record is, they send like a, a surrogate, not a surrogate. They send a representative from Guinness to come, and then they stand there with their clipboard. I don't know what's on the clipboard, and then they're all right, and they're it's usually a stopwatch if it's a timed event. Clipboard and stopwatch. All right, give me your check, $1,000. Okay, good. Ready, go. Um, but that's good to know. What if you just are, are trying to set something on your own? You still have to apply? I bet all the parameters are set there. $800. How badly do you want to get into the Guinness World Book of Records for, for $800? We should have mentioned that to uh, the folks last week. Uh, Wisconsin's Afternoon News, Nick Van Wagenen was, was trying to eat chicken McNuggets and set the new record. Uh, Brian D. tried to do it uh, on the morning show, set the new record. Uh, Jasper Appleton from the News Department. We had all these people trying to break the Guinness Book of World Records for most McNugget, most chicken nuggets consumed in a minute. <laughs> Little did we know, if you really were going to do it and then submit it, it would have cost you $800. I'm just saying, there's a cost. They probably would have uh, asked to be reimbursed to Good Karma. Craig is out there looking at the... Re All right, okay, I'm approving these... What is this? Oh, that was the... That's the $1,000 application to get uh, into the Guinness Book of World Records. That may not have worked. What's going to happen today on Wisconsin's Afternoon News? Are they going to try to break a world record today? I hope they brought cash. We'll find out. John and the gang are on deck.